Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, folks? How are you feeling, Sean? I'm, I'm feeling not bad. It's it's raining. It's it, it's hot. It's it, it's kind of muggy, but it's not bad. It's it, a little bit of funky weather outside, but that's all right. We're going to keep it funky in here, too. <laughs> I don't know how we'll keep it funky, but we'll definitely try to. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about GSP com- possibly coming back uh, to the UFC. Maybe we'll throw in a little bit about uh, uh, Chael Sonnen possibly returning. We'll be talking about two guys that were suspended for drugs. Uh, well, not suspended yet, but were caught taking uh, performance-enhancing supplements or drugs uh, in John Jones and Brock Lesnar. And then we'll be recapping uh, UFC Fight Night, Alex Caceres taking on Yair Rodriguez, Yair Rodriguez, ending up with the victory. But let's jump into GSP. He said he's starting the USADA process to be tested for his UFC return in a uh, in a sit-down interview with the Bloody Elbow. Uh, what are your thoughts on GSP coming back? And what, what are your thoughts on him you know, jumping into the USADA testing because you think that you, the UFC would kind of be like give, it, give him the uh, four-month leeway, like kind of like they gave uh, Brock Lesnar. I think it's very professional of George St. Pierre to do that. He It shows that he really wants to get back into competition, and he want, I, I, I think he really wants to prove to the UFC and to Dana White that he can still compete in the top. feels like he could still compete at the top of uh, the welterweight con, uh, division. Yeah, and I guess it makes sense as well. He doesn't want to kind of take that four-month break because, I mean, he was the guy pushing for all this testing for yes, you know, to clean up the sport. So it does kind of make sense there. And uh, it's interesting that that's brought up because a lot of fighters back in the day were actually accusing him of taking steroids. He was accused of greasing once, and that was with that second fight, that second title fight with BJ Penn. But uh, a lot of fighters such as BJ Penn and Matt Hughes have actually accused or allegated the uh, allegated to George St. Pierre using steroids or using an estrogen blocker or a PED mm-hmm. or what have you. So I actually like the fact, I love the fact that George St. Pierre is actually you d- taking taking it upon himself to, to test, d- yeah. to, to test, to take the drug tests. Now, do you think that this is actually the sign of GSP returning? Because we hear about GSP returning Basically every single week, he's he's usually doing an interview with almost Ariel every Ho- day. Yeah, basically he's doing an interview with Ariel Hawani saying, news, "I'm ready to come back." Any news about GSP usually breaks the internet. Yeah, usually, usually, usually he's he's talking about coming back. Usually he wants to fight for the title, Dana. Uh, but you know, I, I, do you think he's actually going to be coming back? Do you think this is him just kind of pulling the same old GSP antics, or do you think this is actually the sign of him coming back? As well as him taking it upon himself to drug test himself. I think he actually wants to know as well that if anything that he is taking, because this, this man is a professional, he's been training, he's a perfectionist, he's, he still trains diligently every day at TriStar Gym with monsters like Rory McDonald and Raymond Daniels, and he's still at the top of the heap. He's still in shape. He's still conditioned. I think he wants to find out if anything that he is possibly taking is legal or illegal or banned or what have you etc so i think it's i yes i do think he will come back if everything comes back clean if anything comes back tainted then i don't i don't i don't i don't foresee him putting doubts into his mind he i think he's just double checking his work Mm -hmm. just to see if he's clean to come back or not if it's all right for him to come back but i'm pretty sure we will see him back in the ufc if he does come back, what is the fight you make for GSP? Because you have to wait at least four months. So four, four months from now would be around, I guess that would put it at December. So you could put him at an end-of-a-year show, the start-of-a-year show. He's going to miss a card. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to miss out on the MSG show. What, 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 what fight would you put him at? Not really what card would you put him on, but what fight would you put him with? Who, what, what weight class would it be for the belt? 
and who would it be against? That would all be up to GSP, and that would be something that would that would need to be negotiated with Dana White or whoever works with the contracts. But um, I would like to see GSP come back at welterweight. It'd be nice to see him get a title shot at welterweight. He was the longest reigning welterweight champion of the UFC. It'd be it'd be very nice to see him go back to the to the top of the spot and see if he could still compete with guys like Tyrell Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Robbie Lawler. It'd be very interesting to see how much the UFC's welterweight division has risen since GSP left. You mentioned those two guys, they uh, at least Woodley and Wonderboy, and, and Dana White did say recently that it, it's most likely looking like a Woodley-Wonderboy title shot, so if it was for the title, he might have to wait a little bit longer because I think uh, Wonderboy's able to come back in November, so he might be on that November MSG card against Woodley. So then, you know, if that fight goes, you know, five rounds, and then you're going to have to go, you know, they're going to have to recover, go through another training camp. So we might not see GSP until 2017. Uh, but he is in the works to come back, so we'll he, definitely see if, if he does. He also has talked about going up to middleweight and fighting Michael Bisping and fighting Nick Diaz. So he's there he's are talked about other, there everyone. Are, there are main event fights out there for him. There are big money fights out there for George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre himself is a big money fight. McGregor's been in the talks as well because, you know, the talks of if he beat— McGregor's uh, in every talk yeah, now, if, that, now that MMA— if he, if he beat Nick Diaz, that GSP was going to go call him out. So there, there's been a lot of talks with a lot of fighters. Uh, I, I think I, think I want to see— I want, if he does come back and he does want to fight for the belt, I think he, he's without a doubt should get the title shot no matter what because I, I agree he was the champ. He's he was one of the most dominant champs in the UFC. I mean him and Anderson. Uh, but if he doesn't want to do a title fight and he wants to go straight for money fights, I would love to see him and Anderson. I would love of to course, see that. That uh, was that 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 fight was supposed to happen a while ago. Yeah. But it never did. I always talked about that fight never happening, and it never happened. That'd be interesting to see. Especially since Anderson Silva just came off gallbladder surgery and he's had time to recover, I'd like to see what he what he what he looks like after surgery with a full training camp. I would love to see that too because he obviously saw how how he actually had damaged DC as well. So that was kind of a that was kind of crazy as well. And uh, I I would like to see that. Um, obviously Nick Diaz as well. That was that was fantastic. And I would I I, I don't know if I would want to see it, but uh, GSP BJ Penn because I know BJ's coming back. Uh, maybe give him a toss up and see if BJ could fight again. BJ is currently serving a suspension. He is, he I is but I think it's I don't think it's a two year suspension. Whether it is or not, if BJ Penn does come back, I think I think it'd be cool to see uh, GSP versus BJ Penn, and I think that would make a lot of money too. Because I mean, it a third time, it'd be interesting to see. I know I know I GSP's got the two zero victory, but one of them was a split, so we'll have to see. Uh, but talking about guys who uh, who have gone through USADA and have failed USADA, uh, the USADA uh, testing, John Jones was removed from the UFC light heavyweight uh, rankings, the pound-for-pound pound rankings. I'm, I, they haven't officially stripped his interim belt, but I think it, most likely they have or just will do it quietly. What are your thoughts on John Jones being removed from the light heavyweight uh, rankings and Brock Lesnar being removed from the heavyweight rankings? What are your thoughts on these two guys, the way that you know this did unfold at UFC 200? Well, Brock Lesnar, I'm actually surprised that he was in the UFC rankings. I understand he's a former champion, and he's an NCAA D1 wrestler, and he's a WWE wrestler, but I'm actually very surprised that he broke into the rankings right after his fight with Mark Hunt. It's strange because he was away from the sport for five years for diverticulitis, Mark Hunt has been fighting the best heavyweights for a while. Within those five years, Mark Hunt's been fighting the best heavyweights. So I'm not too surprised that Brock Lesnar is off the rankings. What I'm more surprised about is John Jones being taken off the rankings. Now, I'm surprised by this because of the fact that he is the interim champion, and this isn't the first time that he's been in trouble, but every other time that he has been in trouble, in the most severe cases, usually, um, 
he was never removed from the rankings. He was never removed from the pound-for-pound pound rankings. He was never removed from the light heavyweight rankings. It's it's a very strange situation. It's a very strange thing to deal with. Um, John, I've, I've, I, hmm. it's very it's a, it's a tough call because of the fact that he he he's virtually undefeated. He is the best light heavyweight in the world. One of the, the greatest fo- all, fighters of all time. The youngest champion in UFC history. He's mm-hmm. broken every record. So now the, now the question becomes this: Was he so good that he didn't need? The, the 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 PEDs mm-hmm. or was he so good because he was using those PEDs? Yeah. Those are the questions that that come about now that this is come to the light. So am I am I surprised that he got removed from the rankings? Not really, but at the same time I I, I am actually mm-hmm. kind of surprised that it took this long. I feel like if a suspension or a fine or a punishment if if one were to be made, I think it would it should have been made or could have been made earlier yeah i'm just surprised nothing's now. come out yet yeah I'm, I'm surprised there's been no news from the ufc no news from john jones's camp yet we actually aren't i, I don't think we, there's actually been an official release on what he was taking i think that they just you know there was been just r- rumors and reports it was alleged that there was two, yeah, from two, uh, chael sonnen yeah. chael p sonnen the american gangsters reported that john jones had tested positive for estrogen blockers yeah <laughs> and i think it was two two different kinds of estrogen blockers as well so I, i'm i'm not i'm not that shocked that he was removed because obviously if he if he is going to get suspended he's going to get suspended for two years so i mean it's going to be an inactive fighter on the, the light heavyweight uh rankings and you know light heavyweights in such a flux right now i mean it you is got, it you really got, is he basically cleared out the division yeah. by himself it's it, you got a top including four. the champion that yeah. he's beaten <laughs> yeah you got, you got you got two top you got top four guys in gus dc uh glover and then rumble but outside of that there's not a lot there and Je- uh jones being away definitely definitely hurts so they gotta they gotta be building up guys and putting them in the rankings just so they can be like oh this is the 15th uh ranked uh light heavyweight but yeah no definitely definitely shocking uh and, and then again it does make you wonder was he good because of the drugs or was it just a one-time thing or and, and, did he not know what he was taking did a buddy just slip him this and go hey this will make you strong. Blah, I blah, think. Blah, blah, blah. I think because he was doing a lot of powerlifting. Yeah. And you saw the transformation. It felt. It looked as if the new John Jones ate the old John Jones. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it looked like. And we all had the question in the back of our minds: Is he taking something? Is why is he lifting so many weights? Why is he lifting at such a high weight? So many pounds. It was. It, it there. There have been questions brewing, but they were kind of dismissed after he had dis- after he had dominated OSP Oven St. Yeah, and, to and win the interim title. At 197 I think his his levels were off as well but they didn't actually find anything which was which was also weird. But and that uh, was not the first time that that happened either yeah. which is another weird thing because his levels were next to nothing when after he fought Daniel Cormier and that was of course when he tested positive for cocaine or it was announced mm-hmm. that he had tested positive for cocaine um, almost a month before the fight. Yeah, so John Jones is kind of in a flux right now. We're not sure if he's going to be back ever. I mean, if he does come back and he he, he serves a suspension, I mean, there's no way he's not going to come back. I mean, they're going to sign him just because of the money they can make off of it's him. It's not that if he comes back, you're right. It's when he comes back and how and will how he, he yeah, comes back. How he, exactly. How he will come back. And, and Brock, I think, is done as well. I mean, it, 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 if he looked he looked like a muscle shark, and there's no way. That he was sorry, clean. Sean Shirk, but yeah. you're not the most shark right now. <laughs> I think Brock could eat Sean Shirk, but uh, <laughs> it, it was just it, it wasn't really surprising that he popped. It was just you know that makes sense, but it wasn't a you were rooting that he didn't, but you weren't shocked right. at all. It was happened. an infor- it was an unfortunate turn of events 
that he had popped, but like you said, but no it's no shocked. surprise. Yeah, basically, I, I would steal the, the the Nick Diaz quote of uh, "I'm not surprised." I'm not but, surprised, but uh, I can't I can't say the the other word he dropped in there. And but that's, and that's okay. <laughs> yes, but that is okay. Uh, but let's move on to, uh, to to recapping UFC Fight Night: Caceres versus Rodriguez. We split one to one. You picked uh, I picked Cummings versus over Ponzibo. Pan, you picked Ponzibo over Cummings. You won that one. But then I picked Latis over Camozzi. I did pick so, Chris uh, I thought his boxing. Would it, I would get it done. I thought he used his footwork and stay on the outside with his range. But Talis Latas has that great equalizer, that Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He put the pressure on him, pushed him up against the cage, suffocated him for three rounds, and then in the third round, he choked him out. Just it, was, like, it was a mashful performance by Talis Latas. Just like Michael Bisping said. I mean, he was he was on a two-loss win streak, but one of them was to the champ, and the other one was to Gegard Mousasi. So, I mean, it wasn't like Latas was losing to chumps out there. Uh, but, yeah, no, we split there. And, uh, and and the main event, I do want to talk about this a little bit because, yeah, Rodriguez did win in a decision, uh, and I think that was the right call. I, I think there was a, there was one weird uh, actual uh, decision, though. I think one of a, one of the judges gave Caceres a 49 to 46 victory, and then the other ju- two judges gave it a 48-47 uh, win to Rodriguez. I, I don't think anyone's <laughs> arguing that Rodriguez Rodriguez won that fight, I think, to most people. I think it was just very shocking that Caceres got 49-46. Uh, but, but the thing that I, I saw in that fight was just a lot of flashy kicks, and it, I was surprised that none of them landed flush enough to knock one of them out. You know what? That fight was a beautiful fight. Yair Rodriguez did well with the kicks when he was at kicking range. When Alex Caceres was in boxing range and he threw hands, he was actually landing on Yair Rodriguez, and that actually frustrated Yair Rodriguez very much, where he'd have to create space, kind of create some of his own space, get back to the center of the cage, and then start throwing those kicks again. What's surprising about that fight is that those two were able to keep up that same pace from round one to round five the whole fight, the whole mm-hmm. time throwing kicks, punches, knees, elbows, going to the ground, fishing for submissions. When they would when they would go to the ground, it'd be just as beautiful as watching him throw kicks when they were standing up. Alex Caceres has very sneaky chokes. He's very sneaky on the ground. He's very good at taking your back or taking a limb. Um, Yair Rodriguez, when he's on bottom, he just constantly keeps attacking. He just attacks, attacks, attacks. He does not stop attacking. He has very aggressive jiu-jitsu, which is something that you need against someone like Alex Caceres, who's very crafty on the ground. Yair Rodriguez did a very good job. I could see how that other judge gave Alex Caceres... Uh, around or gave him more points than Yair Rodriguez, but I mean, forty-six to forty-nine is a little bit. Is, yeah, is, that's is, is, that's is, a dominant performance, and that was not a dominant. dominant. It was a close fight. Yeah. That fight was extremely, extremely close. That was a very good fight. It was a very fun fight to watch. What other fights kind of stood out to you in, in UFC Fight Night, Salt Lake City? What what other fights were kind of uh, a big in your eyes? Whether it would be pushing someone towards a title or just an interesting fight. Uh, from a performance you really did not expect from someone. Well, how about the undercard? How about a Cub Swanson beating up Tetsuya Kawajiri? But did that surprise you? It didn't surprise me because I think we was... both picked uh, we both picked Cub. There. We did pick Cub, Cub, but I'm st- I-, I loved how Cub was just able to dominate from the outside. It was mm-hmm. it, with his striking. It was a very good fight to watch. Um, Teruto Ishihara versus Horacio Gutierrez was amazing. Teruto Ishihara doesn't want titles; he just wants women and money. And Horacio, and he knocked out Horacio Gutierrez in the first round, and he got exactly that right after the fight. That was a fantastic soundbite too of, of Ishihara just saying that. That was that was awesome. But uh, yeah, no, that was that was a, a phenomenal knockout there too. 
That was a very impressive knockout. I, I, I expect big things from Ishihara in the future in the UFC's featherweight division. And one final guy that would, in the featherweight division that I do want to mention is Dennis Bermuda, Bermudez winning a decision over Hani Jason. Uh, were, were you surprised by this one, how dominant Bermudez was? No, I wasn't because Dennis Bermudez is the number eight featherweight in the world. He is one of the best of the best. He's got very powerful wrestling, very heavy hands. He actually went back to his roots and he utilized his wrestling to suffocate the game of Hani Jason. Hani Jason does have a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but Dennis Bermudez on top is just way too strong, way too powerful. In the first round, he opened up a cut on his on the forehead with an elbow that was just gushing blood. The whole fight, Dennis Bermudez was just overwhelming on Hani Jason. It was it was it was a masterful performance by Dennis Bermudez. Fantastic fight night in Salt Lake City. Uh, Yair Rodriguez defeating Alex Caceres, and that's going to wrap up this episode of the MMA Minutes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Dandy, thank you for joining us. And if you are listening and you are excited for UFC 202, stay tuned to our SoundCloud on Monday. We'll be posting our UFC 202 preview for that fight. It's Saturday, August 20th. Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. Uh, it's going to be fantastic, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. But, Danny, we will t- we'll... People will hear you on Monday. Yeah, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be a lot more exciting fights.